0: Lord, that the blood of Jesus purifies, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Father, we just release them. We, we just pray a, a necessary prayer of forgiveness right now. Father, if we have aught against anybody, we release them. We forgive them. We ask you to forgive us. And we thank you, Lord, for your righteousness that pours down and rains down upon us and covers us, Father, so that we can hear correctly, we can think correctly, and we can believe correctly. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. Praise God. So we have a prayer request, um, and I think what it, did this just come in today, Karen Gould? Okay, this has been here for a while. Okay, all right. So all right, so I'll talk. Well, we'll believe Karen is healed anyway. Amen. So God bless you, Karen. We don't wanna pray anything against you. <laughs> You're healed. So praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Amen. So um so we're gonna talk today about your faith, and we're asking a question. Does your faith have holes in it? Amen. Does your faith have holes in it, and um, that's something that needs to be fixed? And God wants to fix it because He wants our faith to work for us and work perfectly for us. And I was reading this scripture, and I was uh, reading it just uh, in my my normal reading course of reading things, and and uh, I was struck by the fact that that Peter didn't get the catch that God wanted him to get and it may have been it's not not really known so we'll read the scripture and see what what God brings to you and what he brings to me and what he brings to all of us but uh, this is something that um, that we need to be mindful of because it'll make the difference in our results in life it'll make the difference and uh, whether or not we're we're uh receiving all that god has for us uh whether or not we really really live the blessed life uh, there's so many people that that don't understand faith and don't really apply themselves to learning enough to understand that you can have success in everything that you do and i believe people quit because they don't get the success they think they're supposed to have. and But then they're not willing to do the things that God requires to make sure that they can get that success. And so God is always helping our faith. Jesus is the author and the completer of our faith. He is the one who develops our faith. He is the one that makes our faith work he is in charge of our faith so this is this this walk of of uh salvation or this uh, life as, as a christian is not something you do on your own in fact it's not even something that you decide you want to do you know when we talk about prayer you know the bible says ask anything but it says ask anything according to his will and that means not just His will, uh, as, as, as shown in the Word of God, but His will for you and His will for you at this time. See, the, the works that we do on this earth are already ordained by God for us to do. So there's a program and a pattern that He wants us to fit into. We're not just here to say, well, what do I want from God and what do I want here and what do I want there? That's not how it works. It works according to his plan. You know, the Bible says that man can have all kinds of thoughts, but it, God is the one who works out the plans. Amen. And so we we have all kinds of things that run through our mind. I want to do this. I got a vision for that. And God called me to do this, that and the other. But it's a, a, a box with a, a bunch of it's a thousand piece puzzle in a box. That's what we are. And God has got to pour us out on the table and put those pieces together. Amen. And and so he does it in a specific order. There's a specific order to our lives. And sometimes we want to write the end of the story before it's even gotten started. There's so many people that give up on God. And they they say they don't give up on God, but they do. And they give up because they don't understand kingdom principles. They don't understand faith. They don't understand what they're doing. And they certainly don't talk to God enough to understand what he wants them to do in their lives. Amen. And so, you know, you can spend a life of quitting and starting over or just quitting, period. Or you can live the life of faith that is a blessing to you. It's it's a a blessing to those around you. Um, all of those things, but we've got to learn how to stay in that place in God where it's it's available to us, where we understand what we're doing, or at least understand our part of it, and and live a comfortable life of faith. The life of faith can be very exciting if you apply yourself to it. Amen. Uh it, it can be very, very uh rewarding, uh life changing, not just for yourself, but for those around you. And those that God will call to you and, and all of that. And so, so it's, it's good to understand what we're doing here while we're, we're down here. It's, it's humbling. You gotta humble yourself. You can't just walk around acting like you know everything. Or you can do that if you want to, but we all know better. Amen. We know, we all know what we all doing. We fighting the same devil. Amen. And, and trying to stay clear. My, uh, uh, what's our, what's our, our people's saying, Shannon, our, our people's, may you you land. Yeah. May you be in heaven a half hour before the devil knows you're dead. Amen. (laughs) So we're all fighting the same devil. Amen. 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 There's no beer in heaven. That's why we drink it down here. That kind of stuff. But no, (laughs) but even our peeps are trying to understand people aren't safe trying to understand heaven and hell everybody's trying to get get out of this situation where the enemy is is here to just destroy everything and so uh but it's good to to always understand that god has a plan you don't have the plan he has the plan you're learning the plan, and we're 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 attempting to work out that plan, like like the the Bible says, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, Amen. Because God has has things for us to do, and only He knows what they are. And so, uh, so we're going to talk today from from uh, Luke chapter five, starting in verse one. We always give this as the miracle catch or the prophet's reward, and so today we're going to talk about faith and, 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 you know, examine if our faith has holes in it. Amen. And, and don't sit up and whine and say, my faith has got holes in it. God's trying to fix them holes. Amen. He wants that fixed so that you can get your miracle catch, so that you can get your blessing every day, so that you can have everything that God has ordained for you. So he's got to fix our faith. If he's constantly fixing our faith, let me put it to you that way. Just as fishermen were always examining their nets to see if there were breaks or tears in them. You couldn't have a tear in your net that was big enough for a fish to get out of because you would lose part of your reward. Amen? And part of your catch. So that was a very important step in the maintenance of their equipment. But anyway, in, in Mark chapter, I'm sorry, Luke chapter five and verse one, It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Now, when it talks about washing their nets, it's not like, Ew, these nets are dirty and I can't touch them. With my clean hands, you know, it wasn't like a, a cleanliness washing things, but they would oftentimes, if, if you imagine a, a fisherman had to cast his net, he threw it out and it was weighted in the center. And so it sank to the bottom of the ocean. And in the, 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 the side that, that they kept had little floaties on it so that it would float. One edge floated and the other one sank. And so they often had to drag that when it was time to haul in the catch. They would drag that uh, net across the ocean floor or wherever it landed, where it was weighted to. Oftentimes it wasn't at the bottom. But there was all kinds of stuff floating around in the water that could connect itself to the net. That could attach itself to the net. That could cause damage and harm to the net. Your faith is like that. There are things that attach itself to your life that hinder you, drag you down, cause tears in your life, all of that. And it's, and the enemy does it to destroy our faith. So that the next time you throw it out, It doesn't work, and it doesn't catch very much, and you think there's something wrong with you. But really, there have been things connected to your faith that are just a part of life. Number one is doubt. You know, you can have doubt in your net. You can have have holes of, oh, yeah, I believe God can do this, but I don't know if he can do that. Like the father of the paralyzed boy said, help my unbelief, or the the, uh, epileptic boy. He said, help thou my unbelief. So there are things that we are believing that will put holes in our nets. Amen. You know, people will say things like, well, I want to believe God to heal my marriage, but I look around and I don't see many people that's happened to. Well, what does that got to do with you? See, that's a tear in the net. See, if you're comparing your situation with anything other than the word of God that puts a hole in your net, And see, we have a tendency to look around. I don't know what it is about saints, but we talk about each other and put each other down, but then we want something from God. We start comparing ourselves with everybody else we see. Look at what they have. And God, I I don't have that. Come on now. You know, it's time to repair these nets. It's time to to stop all this dragging around on the sea bottom. Stop being a bottom feeder. Amen. Amen. Launch out into the deep where your net will sink into an area where there's lots to catch. Amen. And it's not full of debris. You know, the the scared people uh, fish close to the shore. Amen. They're scared to believe God for what they really want. Everybody wants something bigger than what they can afford, what they can think, what they can believe. It's bigger than them. We all want something bigger. Now, we might have less and say it's okay, but we're lying to ourselves. Somebody lying to somebody when we start saying that. Because when God puts things in your heart, they are God-sized things. They're not human-sized things. Say it again. When God puts things in your heart, they are God-sized things and not human-sized things. Amen. And that doesn't mean that that everybody's going to have a, a TV ministry. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to be the pastor of a megachurch. That doesn't mean that every. But whatever it is that that God has put in your heart, you're going to have to have Him to help you bring it to pass. And he makes it that way. That way it becomes his dream. That way it becomes his kingdom. That way it fits into his plan and his protocol. And so if God is involved in something, it's going to be bigger than we are anyway. It's going to take more faith, more power. We're not going to just be able to cruise along and get what we need for this life and leave God on the sidelines. I mean, what are you saved for if you can do all this stuff yourself? And so God wants to take us out of, of fishing in the shallows, amen, and start launching into the deep where he operates, where he's got your stuff laid up for you. It's not laid up for you in the places where you can easily get to it. Not all the time. Now, you might have a few days of coasting like that, but I'm going to tell you, you're going to get bored coasting after a while, amen? Amen. Didn't Israel get sick of manna? It was easy. It was waiting for them every morning. Huh? All they had to do was brew a little coffee and they had something to go with they manna. Amen? It was right there. But they got bored with that after a while. Why? Because your heart's got something bigger than just the everyday stuff into it. But see, manna is necessary because if you don't have manna, a lot of people will starve. Because most people don't have enough energy, enough will, determination to go out and make something for their own. And so you've got to have a certain level of manna in your life. There's got to be a certain level. I call it baseline faith. It's the minimum that your faith is going to bring in for you. And you're assured that it's going to be there all the time. Like some people, baseline faith is God's always going to have a house for me he's always going to have utilities paid he's always going to have food in my. but we didn't all start out like that amen when we first get into the kingdom we have doubts about whether god will even and he lives in us if you die he got to move out I mean, if you just want to think about it in real simple terms, he don't have a place to dwell if you ain't here no more. I mean, yeah, he'll, he lives in somebody else, but but that isn't what he wants. He wants to live in you. So he's got to take care of you. Y'all got to stay alive. you got to have shelter. You've got to have all of those just basic things. So the first thing God does is helps us understand and have confidence That he provides the basics of life. Now we have some people that don't have it. They lose it. But they lost it. God provided it. They had it at one time. Amen. And so we all know that God will provide the basics for us. But then there's a place where he wants our our lives to blossom and flourish and prosper. And wants us to have the kind of life he envisioned for us from the beginning. And so he then begins to teach us how to use our faith so that we can acquire not just material things, but things that have to do with our happiness, our well-being, our shalom, you know, that, that have to do with our contentment with, with the life that we have and our desire to increase our contentment through through the encouragement of, of growth and prosperity in our lives. so And this is what it means to be made in his image. God wants those things. That's why he created us to have those things, amen? Those things are important to him, and so they are important to us in the order that he has ordained for them to come into our lives. And so it's a good thing to understand why God wants to help our faith. To repair the holes in it, to strengthen it, to make it more durable, to give more uh, um, more strength to it, to pull in more, to speak to bigger mountains and see them moved, to remove elements in in the earth that are detrimental to the advancement of his kingdom amen that's a very important thing for us as watchmen for us to be able to have the confidence that when god sends us on an assignment to to uproot something that's evil that it we have the strength to do it that that thing will work amen and so these are very, very important things to God, and it all works together. Everything your faith works on—on on principalities and powers. Your faith works on on your own character to develop it, develop it to be more like Christ. Your faith works on everything. That's why it's so important for our faith to be always in operation, for our faith to always be challenged, so that it can be stronger. I don't know if I like that challenge stuff. I just it just give me mine. I go sit in the corner and eat my lunch. No you ain't. Cuz the devil's over there in the corner waiting for you to take it out of your hands. Amen. So he's always waiting there for something that that is going to spoil what it is that God has for us. So so okay, so he went to the lake and he stood by the lake and and they were washing their nets. You know, they, they, they had taken the nets with them and, uh, and, and they were out there washing them or washing them in the lake. If it, if the, if it was clear, many times they had to drag them to shore and pick debris out of them, whatever it, it, it was, they were tending their nets, keeping them shaped up. So like us, washing your net is the same thing as meditating on the word. Amen. So when he they wash nets, we meditate on the word. When they mend nets, we begin to challenge the weakness in our faith with the word of God. We begin to look for God. I need to have more confidence in this area of my life. So you go into the word and find scripture that will strengthen you and build you up. The Bible says that we are, are conformed or transformed by the washing of the water of the word. So washing, meditating, reading, speaking out loud, confessing the word, thanking God that we are strong and we are, are, are strong in His might, the power of His might, that we have strength for coming in and going out. Amen? That one of us can chase a thousand, two of us can put ten thousand to flight. See, that's tending your nets. And when we tend our nets, then we, when we are ready to use our faith, we can go out and, and we'll be able to meet the need that is out there, the, the opposition that's out there. Amen. When the, the fishermen went out to fish, they had no idea. That's a faith move. They didn't know if the fish were quote unquote biting tonight. They didn't know if they were going to small catch or a large catch. They had no idea. So they were, um, kind of like, Victims of happenstance or circumstance until they learn how to use their faith. Amen. Sometimes they get discouraged if they go through several, several fishing expeditions with nothing. Amen. You know, you, you see those, uh, those TV shows, you know, the dangerous catch and all that, you know, um, that stuff, that was kind of intense. I couldn't watch that stuff. I, somebody's deadliest catch. I'm thinking myself. My tuna sandwich cost somebody's life. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, my goodness. But, but somebody's got to launch out there and get it and we don't eat. You got me? I mean, it's more dangerous for some than others. You know, I mean, going across the street is dangerous in some places, but, but, uh, you know what I'm saying? There's a, a risk to getting, to wanting what it is that you need. There's a risk to it, to you. And 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 how do I put this? Risk is risk. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, When you step out in faith, there's a sense of risk. There's fear that comes with stepping out in faith. And risk is risk. Whether you're risking, whether you're on a boat that's a deadly boat to go catch something. Or whether you're just stepping out looking for a job or going to, to apply for a car that you want to buy. It's perceived in your, in your being the same way. See, risk is risk. Uh, no matter what it is you're risking, you perceive it the same way. Your soul perceives it the same way. So for instance, if God tells you to, to ask him for something or step out in faith and go look for this and go, you're just as scared if somebody told you to get in that boat and go out on that dark ocean for ten days. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because there's a there's a factor in there that you can't you can't um you can't resolve by sitting out here on the shore. But it's scary to you anyway, whether you're going in something, you know, will physically take your life or if you're going into the unknown, just using your faith. You're still using your faith and you feel you're at risk in some way because you don't know the outcome. Really, you're believing for a certain outcome, but you don't know if it's really going to happen or not. So really, when we talk about stepping out in faith, your body and your soul and your emotions perceive the same fear as if somebody took you out in a dark boat all night. You got me? You're back on the shore. You're scared to do it. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to turn out. And so your 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 sensories will perceive the same fear, the same risk, as somebody who's going out on a dangerous job. You got me? You're scared to do it because you don't know if it's going to work or not. But your faith is telling you it's going to work. But you are not real sure if that's you just saying that. If you have confidence in God is going to meet you out there. There's always this mixture when you're standing on the shore, when you first get ready to launch out. So you're in a mixed bag. Your mind is telling you this isn't going to work. Your flesh is telling you, eh, don't worry about it. Let's just wait until the next time we decide to go out. You're getting all these mixed messages about whether to step out in faith. The Bible says a great door of opportunity has opened up to me, but around it are many adversaries. Every time you step out in faith, there's something that's going to make you nervous Something that's going to tell you it's not going to work. Something that's going to tell you it's not for you or it it doesn't have to work for you or who do you think you are. There are always adversaries that will come to your mind to keep you from going through that door. And after you go through the door, if you don't slam that door on them and shut them out, they'll follow you through the door. You ever had a demon sit up and talk to you the whole time you're trying to buy a car huh absolutely you know you get the the, the salesman well let me go out and check the price <laughs> Huh? come on now Even though you looked at your credit reports, you looked at this, you looked at that. Listen, let me tell you, natural evidence is not going to help you in a spiritual transaction. They can say no to them 900 credit score people. Because a no is a no. Amen. You let the devil make you nervous enough and see what won't show up on some paper with your name on it. What can I throw now? I can't throw y'all. Have took all my all my projectiles away, huh? We're looking for natural evidence for something that's a spiritual for a spiritual transaction, huh? I don't know what my credit score is, and I don't care. I work to please God. Are you kidding me? When, when my ways please him, even my adversaries will be at peace with me. See, we build up the wrong area. You need to be building up your faith in God. Huh? I had a period of time where all my, all my credit cards start rejecting me of, of the amount of limited credit, you know, you have on of this. We had to drop it down to here. We had to drop it. Well, I expected that because of some things I was doing in another area that caused me to have to overextend a credit card that I was using for it. And so I was expecting that. Amen. So it wasn't a shock to me. You know, when it happened, I just had to juggle around some more stuff and, and I wasn't limited. I, there was nothing I couldn't do. There was nothing I didn't have access to. There was nothing. You understand what I'm saying? It didn't bug me one bit. But I did want it to be cleaned up at some point because God says my credit is good everywhere. Amen? (laughs) I'm not supposed to be a borrower anywhere. I'm supposed to be a lender. But, you know, I mean, you got to have credit to operate in life. Come on now. I'm not that crazy. But But it was something I expected it happened for a period of time while it was happening. I felt a little funny. I said, wow, Lord, I said, this don't look good. This I'm looking bad on paper. What's up? You know, but I wrote it out and at a, at a time I got that paid off and, and, you know, I was doing some, some work that required me to lay out money at a rapid rate for a short term. And so that's what I did. And, but, Soon enough, it cleared up, and now everybody's up. Oh, we've increased your credit to here, and oh, you know, I'm not moved. That does not move me, amen? It just, why? Because anything I need, he's already told me I have it already. So the devil can't take anything from me based on good credit, bad credit, or no credit, Amen? When I was buying my house, it was still in shabby shape. You know, I had a realtor was saying, well, you know, uh, you might need a bridge loan because if you if you find a house and you haven't sold yours and yeah, nah, 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 that just helped me eliminate some people that I didn't need working for me. You know, anybody talk crazy like that. I mean, crazy to me, but to them, that's normal, you know me to tell me I got a house worth this kind of money, I gotta go borrow somebody, I don't think so. You know? So I was able to eliminate some realtors who were too much in the natural. You understand? So the one I chose, she said, oh, it always works out. You'll find a house by the time you sell this one. It just, it it's, it's always works out. See, that's the person you work with. Amen? These things happen for a reason, folks. God does some things just to eliminate people out of your life that don't need to be speaking into your life at that time. Amen. And so so I was very satisfied with this person. I was very satisfied with the way things turned out. Everything worked out according to to the way God said it would. Amen. But on paper, it didn't look too good. That's when God's got to show up for you. When your natural ain't looking like you want it to look, that's when God needs to show up for you. And he will show up for you. Amen. And so so here we have Jesus and, and they were washing their nets. So we know what washing your net means, right? It means strengthening your faith. And this is something we should do every day. It's like the, the fishermen, they didn't get out, didn't come back from fishing without inspecting those nets. To see what condition they're in for the next time they got to go fish. And see, this is what we do every day. Every day we go before the Father and, and inspect. Father, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for this to happen. I'm looking for that to happen. Direct me in the Word so I can strengthen up those areas that need to be strengthened. For what I want to do, or what you're expecting me to do, show me how to keep myself built up in your Word, Amen. Sometimes you'll just have a, a every anybody over get a hankering for some certain kind of scripture. <laughs> it's like wanting a certain thing. I got a taste for something I want to have for dinner. You, you know what I'm saying? And and so you you go about preparing that because you you your body somehow is asking you for that, Amen. And so when we When we understand spiritual hunger and and, and know that God has certain things prepared for us, amen, he's always got a table prepared for his children. There's always the breakfast bell, the, the lunch bell, and the dinner bell set out for us. And these are how we strengthen our faith net so that when we go out and cast that net into the spirit realm for something we're to pull in, with our faith, that net won't have any holes in it. See, that net will work. You know, you cast it out one time and, and you catch a biggie. Amen. That's what God, He wants us to live like this every day. So when they, they were gone, the, the, the two ships were standing by the lake. The fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. Amen. So they had taken them out of the boat, left the boat docked on, on the shore. Amen. And they had gone off probably to a, a beach area where they could clean their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and asked them that he would throw it out, thrust out a little bit from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Amen. Now, Jesus could have just stood there. He had every gift and operation that he needed. Amen. He could have held that crowd back himself with his own faith. But he has a different purpose in mind. See, whenever God includes you of something, includes you in something that he's doing, it's for a blessing. Never look at an assignment from God as just work or just more for me to do or I don't have time. I, I don't, you can't, I can't do one more thing. You understand what I, give me one more thing to do. I'm just going to go crazy. See, when God's involved in it, it's to bless your life. Don't put it, I've, I preached this for over 35 years. Don't put. God's assignment in with your laundry, your kids, your dinner, your job, your nothing. Don't put him in the box with all that other to do's you got in your life. You keep his work sanctified. You keep it holy. You keep it precious. In fact, you put it on the burner first. Don't take something God gave you to do and stick it somewhere. And think you're gonna to remember to do it. He don't work like that. He'll let you know. Don't put me in the box with your cooking and your knitting and your all that other stuff you don't ever get around to doing. Huh? You put me first. I come first. I either come first or I don't come at all. Amen? And so he's, he's, he's there to show us that the assignment he has for us is for a blessing period. It's never gonna hurt us. It's never gonna harm us. It's never gonna be too much for us to do. It's never gonna overwork us. I've heard so many people whining about, and they do less than everybody in the church. You ever notice that? The little bit you give them to do, I'm just overworked. I I just, (laughs) huh? (laughs) I just have too much to do. Number one, anything God assigns you to do, he helps you do it. You get supernatural help with that. I don't know what you get with everything else, but you do get supernatural help with whatever God. And you get the fruit of the spirit to help you uh tolerate it. Since it bends you out of shape so much, you can tolerate it better with the fruit of the spirit huh gives you a little joy a little you know i i i used to hear people say stuff like well i will let's see if so and so i think they would enjoy it i don't care if you enjoy it or not <laughs> did you realize that all these years i've been here not caring if you enjoy your assignment or not miss donna you can exhale now okay She' back there, (laughs) sucked all the air out of the room. I don't. That's up to you to find joy. That ain't my job to give you stuff you like to do all the time. Amen. God never asked me if I like what I like doing. Huh? He just told me you're called to do it. Amen. So let's grow up here, okay? You know, bad. that's bad parenting. You know, parents sit up and try to give everybody and the the kids what they like to do. You give them the same stuff to do and work that that rebellion out of them and work that laziness and slothfulness out of them. Amen. Give them the same stuff to do. The same ones, the same stuff. Amen. Because it's going to be a test for all of them. Because most kids just want to play all the time. And adults want to do it more. Huh? See, the church has to bring into everybody's life the discipline that the parents failed at. You got me? So here we're trying to run a church with a bunch of people that never done anything, never finished anything, stole out the mama's purse most of the time, didn't want to work for anything. You know, we get all kinds of people in here. And God told me from the beginning, he said, you have to work with everybody I send there. You can't pick and choose. <laughs> you understand what I'm doing? I'm saying. So there's no way you can pick and choose what's going to work and what's not going to work. You have to live by faith too. The preacher got to live by faith just like you do. Amen. But on the way, I know that the fruit of the spirit are there to help you. Amen. And the grace of God is there to enable you. There's a grace to get everything done that God tells you to do if you'll change your attitude about it. Amen. If you stop being mad about everything. Amen. You know, people, you know, get assigned a prayer partner. And I don't go through details, but that's when you first learn how mature you are. Huh? You learn you got some growing to do. Amen. Can you work with another part of the body of Christ and do it consistently? Amen. And so these are things that we do as part of maturing process. You know, everybody wants to, I'm waiting on my uh, Boaz. Huh? Well, he waiting on Ruth. Two sides to every story, folks. Uh-huh. But we can't get along with people in the church. So uh, how you gonna, you, now Boaz, you gotta, take, you gotta take him home with you every day. You can't get mad at him and don't speak to him no more. He lives there with you. Well, I'm not going there no more. I'm just going right back to my scripture. I was having fun with my, my scripture. Huh? See, you can't be wanting to get married every time you fall out with somebody. That's why I'm glad I live by myself. So Jesus, verse 3, entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. This is deliberate, okay? Everything that God does is planned. So there's something he has planned for Simon. Amen? Something is has planned for him. There's something he has planned for all of us. Amen? So we've got to understand that. And so... He he says, he entered and prayed and asked him that he would thrust out a little bit from the land, sat down, taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Amen. And Simon answering him. Now, this is the problem, folks. When God tells you to do something, what does he expect you to do? Yeah. What is Simon do that Jesus didn't ask him for? Talking. Huh? Once a command is given, your next thing is to jump up and go do it. You don't have to offer no comment. See, this is where we get into trouble, folks. Offering our little answer, our little opinion, our little, hmm, what do we think? um, (laughs) Huh? Your opinion is not worth anything in God's plan. In fact, he's there to kill your opinion. So he answered him and said, Master, whining. (laughs) We've been out all night. And I was so cold and scared. And we've taken nothing. (laughs) Nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. That answer had to come from somewhere other than the realm of the spirit. You got me? Because the spirit man would have said, yes, sir. Thank you. Amen. I'm glad because we worked all night and didn't get anything. Now we're going to get something. You got me? But Peter wasn't that smart. Not yet. He's going to get smarter. He said, nevertheless, at your word, I'll do it. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets broke. And Jesus was probably standing there just smiling. Amen. You notice now. Jesus never warns them what's going to happen. If he had warned them, that little bit of faith that they're using would have been worthless. Because even though your faith has holes in it, it's going to have to survive the test. It's got to be put out there. You got me? If he tells you in advance what the return is going to be, no faith is involved. You just pull your little faith in and say, oh, good, let's go grab some stuff. Like a bunch of little thieves. So living by faith really kills the thief in us. That little man that lives inside of us that wants to see everything first and Well, you know how that one goes. Now we talk about that every time we get together. What's taking so long? How long I gotta wait? It better not be much longer and I'm just gonna go off on somebody. You got me? That's a thief. What's he stealing? He's stealing your confidence in God. He's stealing your trust in God. He's stealing your faith. He's chewing holes in your faith. So that's why when you get to something big, you almost crumble because you ain't used it on nothing little. See, if you don't know how your faith is going to work in small things from day to day, how are you going to go out and snag something like Boaz? Your little gym membership you had for two months. I'm gonna go to gym. I'm. Yeah, girl. I'm. God. God told me if I go to gym, you will go in there and start looking around. You ain't been on no machine yet. You're in there looking for Boaz. And you go, you, your eyes land on the biggest, the finest, the most developed, ripped cut. Now, how you gonna drag him home with holes in your net? Just bringing us back into reality, folks. Uh? Mm. Amen. So Simon's whining, verse five, put right beside that whine, and telling Jesus why they shouldn't do it. They did it already. Huh? <laughs> So they threw the nets out. Verse 6. They enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their nets broke. Because they had holes in it. Because I ain't been in the word in 10 weeks. and Every time I'm meditating, I'm worried about something. Wondering when I'm going to get it. How long it's going to take. Making the holes bigger. So they called their partners. Now that's interesting. Which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, here's Peter seeing stuff again. Remember him stepping out of the boat, walking on water, and he saw the wind boisterous. And he saw, there he is seeing again. He finally gets the message that God has a blessing for them in them casting these nets out. He saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Hmm. That was true over here in verse 5. He just became aware of he's got a problem with obeying Jesus. That's what it is. You got me? But that was true all along. Why is it he's not just now finding it out? see this is a problem with with many times with saints you know you you these partners represent when your life isn't going right because you don't read your word and you don't study and you don't meditate on the word, but yet you're running around trying to live like you think you're supposed to live like the rest of the people in the church. Then you got to come to the altar because what you're doing out there when you go to use your faith ain't working. Yeah. So you got to have partners to pull you up, make up for your slack, make up for where you. Now, listen, God allows you to, to agree in faith with anybody. He allows this help before you even step out. But many times people are stepping out and don't know what they're doing. Then you gotta pull your net back in because it didn't pull in what you thought it was gonna do and you gotta go ask for help. It's harder to humble yourself and ask for help after you out there catching nothing and failing at everything. Than it is to just start out in agreement with with somebody. Like for instance, I'll tell people, "Why don't you do so and so and such and such?" God will start blessing you through that, and they just. I got to do Pastor Bob. Go again. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Well, God already knows what you out there trying to do it ain't working. See, this is this is Peter. In when Jesus first tells him to launch out into the deep, Amen. We go through this all the time, where a pastor will come to you, or, or you know, you, you say, well, why don't you do this because you're already healed? You know, start, start winting, start stepping out in faith. Do this, do that because God has this for you. How? What you should say, instead of Peter doing what he did in verse 5, he should have flipped them. He should have took verse 8 and stuck it where verse 5 is. And repent up front. Come on now, y'all got to get this. When you hear the word of faith coming toward you, and you know it's hitting on a hard surface in there and you don't want to do it and it's stirring you up to complain about it, be angry about it, upset about it. You need to repent right there and there. Lord, I'm, this is, this is wrong for me to respond like this. This, this person's trying to help me. This is my pastor trying to speak a word of encouragement to me and a word of, of direction that's going to help my life and help me to receive this. I don't need to be rejecting your word. When it's applied to my situation, I believe it it could help me. But see, what do people do? They go on defense mode like Peter did. Amen. Well, I'm doing that already. Well, I told you I'm doing that now, now, now. Don't think I ain't doing that. I didn't ask you for that. God didn't give me that word for you to just make excuses and tell me you're doing it already. If you're doing it already, keep doing it. I mean, if nothing else, this is confirmed, it's going to work. You understand what I'm saying? But if you ain't doing it, quit lying. Some of us need to get out of the, the kiddie pool with our faith. Cause the things you want are deep things. You just don't. You think you gonna get them from where you are? It's not gonna happen. You have to. You have to go and put some risk involved in some stuff, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, you gonna feel like you gonna die if you have to do this, but you gotta do it anyway, huh? You gonna feel like it's the wrong thing, the worst thing in the world to do, but you have to do it anyway if you want to see God results. He's not interested in standing on the sidelines where you go and play in the kiddie pool forever. He's interested in you launching out into the deep. Huh? Wait, no, Boaz, your house is nasty. And in disarray. Unless Boaz is coming to clean and keep going. have ice cube. <laughs> you want somebody to come to stay. <laughs> Get out that drive through and go home and cook. and I mean, do it consistently. Don't do it here and there. Well, see, the husband I get, oh Lord, he gonna be different. He ain't gonna be human then. He gonna want to eat. Everybody, you want to eat. No, have a place where somebody can sit. You don't have to move stuff out the way before they can. All right. All right. All right. Do you know when I was a kid growing up, we only had like three or four rooms. You know, and the kids played everywhere and it was Disorganized all the time, and my mother would look out the window. Oh, somebody coming up the steps, and we would run and start push yourself away. But if you're saved, you got more room than that. There's no reason you don't you shouldn't have a receiving area for you to receive people, company. Keep it clean all the time, and you shouldn't have to close the bedroom door. Before you leave, open that door up because that bed should be made. Got me? What's behind door number one? That's why nobody comes and, you know what I'm saying? You scared to invite somebody. So don't give me that about Boaz, Bo-nothing. You know what I'm saying? And you believe in God. Well, faith without works is dead. Got your little dead faith dragging it around here. Put it to life. Start acting like it. Well, suppose I start cleaning up and he don't come. See, you never say it like that, but that's what your mind is thinking. What's wrong with a clean house? I know. Glory to God. We got a breakthrough here. this is work around here after a while y'all know what it's like see it's just like the people who sat at home and didn't come to church after after you sit for a long time it's easier and easier to sit and not do anything Make any changes make it look like you're trying to want to serve God. Amen? Same thing with not cooking, not cleaning, not, you know. What happened to your standards? Don't you want a clean place for you? Don't you want something besides a, a meal in a paper bag? Huh? You know, you cook, you have enough left over. Oh, what would I do with these leftovers? Oh, maybe invite somebody. Go next door, knock on the neighbor's door and say, you know what? I got a lot of food over here. I said, why don't we share this meal I got? I'll just bring yours over to you. You know, you do that for a season. Not every day, not every week, Not every, but every now and then just knock on the door. One day you knock on that door and the neighbor doesn't move. And guess who moved in? Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. Just saying. When are we cue Cinderella? Someday my prince will come. Someday I'll cook a meal. You know what I'm saying? He ain't coming for thin air. Coming in response to something. Coming in response to your faith. That you cast out there every time you cook a meal and you decide to share it with a neighbor or friend or whoever, you know? Amen? I mean, and this is nothing, you don't fall out about this kind of stuff. You understand what I'm saying? You just, you just share the love. You got me? You know, if you if you say you got a friend and y'all alternate times treating each other going out, y'all gonna fall out pretty soon. I treated the last time we went out. You ain't treated me and you can avoid all that by somebody just cook and invite the other person. It's called hospitality. Amen. We're all supposed to be given to that amen not just the ministers amen got to make people feel comfortable around you so anyway here we are peter's repenting should have done that over in verse 5 peter i'm warning you for he was astonished see this is an after the fact god is trying to wean us off of obeying after the fact or, or see, this is Thomas's faith. You see first and then you believe. God said, blessed are they who believe without seeing. Amen. That's where you want to get to. You want to listen to that inner witness and that inner voice and start believing before you even see anything. Cause if you don't believe some of these things, you will never see. Cause we have the ability to believe God for many, many things without seeing anything. Your faith can be just as real built on that word as it can be from anything that you're looking at, in fact even more real. And and all that it, all that were with him were astonished at the catch that they had taken. And so was James and John and the sons of Zebedee with Zebedee which were partners with him. And Jesus said, "Don't be afraid. <laughs> this is nothing. From now on, you're going to catch people. So Jesus did this as a demonstration, as a picture of their ministry. And did they not preach and 5,000 people were saved in one day? Amen. So this picture came to pass later on in their ministry after the Holy Spirit had fallen upon them in the book of Acts. You look in the book of Acts and it's all miracle catch. It's miracles from beginning to end. Everything that Jesus said they would do, they did. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. When God calls you to ministry, he will not allow you to continue to think that you got to be broke. You got to be at risk. Everything's. If he really calls you, he gives you a reassurance that he will take care of you. Now, the devil may do things to try and steal it from you, but you got to you got to rest on your faith. Why do you think people respond to the call of God if they think they're they're not going to be taken care of? So Jesus is looking at this and he says, you want fish? I can give you fish. Amen. You can have fish galore. But I want you to do something that's worth more valuable than just mere fish. I'm going to do more for you than just put bread on your table every day, even though I'm going to take care of you through that. Amen. And so they just left everything and began to to follow Jesus. so So let's look at some of the the major things that happened here and, and how we want to examine them. Amen. Nets always need mending. Your faith always needs repair. There are times, sometimes when your faith, you're believing God for something, it doesn't quite come in the way you thought it was going to come in. And so that can leave a gap in there. That can leave some doubt. That can leave some, some trouble in your mind about whether God can be trusted. Sometimes people are just believing God out of thin air. And they don't have the word in them on what they need. Don't ever forget to study and meditate the word for what you need from God. For instance, we've been studying healing all this time. Everybody should be going in their Bibles and have scriptures right at hand for what they need as far as their their physical man is concerned. Amen? Your body should be, be built up. Based on the fact that you have these scriptures inside of you and you're not just hearing a little bit there and a little bit here and a little bit there. You know, people can, can, it's funny, we'll go to, to school to learn a trade or something or just learn what they give you that, that won't really amount to a whole lot of anything. It's just information and we'll study that and study it and pour over it and pour over it. And we get to the word that our life is built on. And we want to just sit and listen when the preacher preaches, we don't even bother to take notes. We don't even bother to, to you know go and listen later on. We just skim through it. Let you want you want big results. Amen. Well you can't skim through and and get the miracle catch. Amen. You you've got to get it by mending your nets. And see, if the disciples were good fishermen, those nets should have been in tip top condition. So they're busted on two fronts. Who knows if if they might have had fish in those nets, and as they were pulling them in, all the fish escaped because they got big gaping holes in them. See, you don't know. All they know is they toiled all night and didn't get anything. Amen? You know, women are good at helping their husbands stay in tune on what they need as far as making a living is concerned amen if you if your husband you know he has to get up early in the morning you don't stay up late at night you got me you go to bed so that they can get some sleep and get some rest amen you do these things so that to encourage them and you don't know if peter's wife might not have been on his case peter when is the last time you fixed them nets of yours You in here in the house already. Get out there and fix (laughs) it. You know what I'm saying? Like you're supposed to. You got these babies and me to feed. You got us to take care of. Get out there and take care of us. Amen. (laughs) That's your job. To remind them. Amen. To encourage them. To exhort them. All of that. It's it's part of your partnership with them in a marriage to strengthen it and encourage them to stay prepared for what it is that they have to face when they go out there to meet the world every day. So here Peter is, you know, you don't know what what shape the nets are in, but they always need mending. Our faith always needs strengthening. That's why Jesus taught us how to pray. When he taught us the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Amen. And we said that healing is the children's bread, but you can't get healing if you don't have the word inside of you. It don't just drop in you and you get healed. You read a healing scripture and you get the word of healing on the inside of you. So in other words, you should read a healing scripture every day, just like you read other scriptures that you need for the day. Amen. You need the Psalms because you need to stop worrying about everything and start encouraging yourself and get in an attitude of praise and thanksgiving, uh, in the Lord. Amen? You need the, the epistles because you need to learn how to function as a Christian every day. You need all of it. And so when we go into the Word, it's to get our daily dose of healing bread. But it's also to get the bread from heaven, whatever God has for us. If you, if you have a need for sure, you go in there in the area where you have a need and, and read about what, what is a marriage? If you really are expecting God to send you a spouse, you need to be up on what marriage is. Amen. And, and how what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. In other words, get serious about it. Don't think in the back of your mind you can get out of it whenever you feel like it. Amen. It's not what a marriage is. And don't think you can just do what you want to do once you get married. You have to be accountable to that other person. Amen. You know, it's like my husband used to tell me, he said, now tell me where you're going and when you going to come back. Yeah, y'all laugh, right? I'm glad you, well, that identified where you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's called them being accountable for you. It's called love, number one. Amen? And them stalkers, hopefully you left them out in the streets and you married somebody that God told you to marry. Amen? Don't let him have to turn into a stalker to, to get peace about where you are. So we said these nets represent our faith. Are we willing to cast our faith out into the great unknown, even into the deep? Amen. Put a little effort. In other words, don't just stay on the shallows of faith. Amen. I'm asking God for a, a new job, a better job. Well, you're going to get automatic promotions where you are. He's already told you that. So start using your faith for something that's going to challenge you. Whatever that is, I'm not going to tell you what that is. So you, you find out between you and God. Amen. But you're, 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 you need to know how strong your faith is, what it can do. And the only way you'll know it is by using it. Amen. You got to cast it out there where God tells you to put it. To find out what it'll do. Why do I need to know that? So you can live. So the devil doesn't steal everything from you. Amen. So you can do more than survive. So you can have the desires of your heart. You need to know what your faith can do. Amen. So, so we need to know that we need to keep it tight and right and strong. Amen. And, and I always encourage people to have some kind of faith project that you work on. Don't put your faith away. You know, we we barely struggle through how many hours at a job that we have. And we get home and just, oh, I'm glad that's over with. If you had gone in there in faith and and find out what you're there for, you're not there for the paycheck. The paycheck is automatic just by you showing up and doing your job. But you're there for kingdom purposes. I'm gonna keep my tissue. I ain't throwing that. i like, huh? You're not working for money. Your money's already secured. You're working for the kingdom. To enhance the kingdom. To increase the kingdom. Amen. Start focusing on that. Focusing on how to, how to love people that you really find hard to love. How to bless people that are trying to take your job away from you. Amen. That wish you wouldn't show up one day. Amen. Learn how to do those things. Challenge your faith. You know your faith won't be challenged just on easy street all the time. You gotta know what your faith is going because one day it's gonna need to pull in the miracle catch. It's gonna need to pull in the biggie, amen. Boaz at the gym. You can't pull him in with a net with holes in it. Doubt and unbelief and. You know, you come over there, you know, you have him visit one time and you think he don't like your house. Huh? You want to sit around and sing the blues for five days. Huh? You think he don't like it because you don't like it. You need to get it to where where you could say, this is a nice place that I have here. Any man would be happy to come in here and share a meal with me. Amen? And be honest about it. If it ain't up to snuff, do you have enough faith to get it up to snuff? You know, people have to feel comfortable around you before they want to date you and marry you. And You can't be making them conform to nothing. You know, put some effort into it. Put some love and some care into it. And allow somebody to get comfortable around you. We come in with our list of demands. He better be doing it. He better be. Well, he ain't going to be doing nothing if you ain't doing your part. So God is teaching us every day how to tend our nets. Amen. Remove the doubt. Remove the fear. Remove the, it's not gonna work. Amen. And this was Peter's trouble. When Jesus told him what to do, when they, they got finished, they, he launched out and he was in that ship and and preached to the people. And, and Jesus decided to reward them for their efforts in the gospel. See, this is where the miracle catch comes in. This is where the miracle... And see, you won't, if you haven't been tending your net and you haven't been doing the things to maintain your faith and keep your faith strong and keep it active and keep it involved in something... Then when the prophet's reward comes to sit on your uh, on your doorstep, you won't have the strength to bring it in. You'll be just like Peter. Well, I don't think that's gonna work. Listen, we did that all night already. But you, you know, boys, we'll just do it. We'll humor him. We'll, We'll do it anyway. See, you're not humoring God. You're playing into the devil's hands. When God gives you instruction, I don't care who is through, you, you get your best instruction through people who are assigned to help your life. You understand what I'm saying? When God tells you to do something through your pastor, you know, you, you just set about doing it. Let yourself pray about it. It won't hurt you to follow instructions for once in your life to see what's at the end of the road. Amen. Of course, everybody starts out on their own. Oh, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then when you get stuck somewhere, <laughs> Pastor Park, you know, ah, <laughs> huh? but at least you asking for help. Be better if you learn how to listen for the instruction of God to begin with. Nobody's telling. What do I? What do I get out of telling you how to run your life? I'm trying to run mine. You understand? I got enough to do. You know, people look at you funny. They, y'all been looking at me funny for thirty five years. And your blessing is still out there unclaimed. I'm done. Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for blessing. Thank you, Lord, for encouragement in your word. That blessings are still out there unclaimed. We can still claim them. We can still have that life you want us to have. And it is the best life. We're not just talking and saying it. But when we obey you and we drop our net of faith into the deep water. Where we think we're at risk and we think it may not work and we're scared to death. And we're not sure that it's time for us to do this. Then we get the miracle catch. And we say we have a miracle catch and it's ours. And we've launched out into the deep. Thank you, Jesus. Now the Lord is, is telling me to tell um, Christina, Christina Nelson. Christina, God says you're out in the deep, sweetie, and you're coming back with your miracle. He's not going to disappoint you. You've launched out into the deep and you will not be disappointed. You're going to come back with your miracle. Amen. Just receive it as of the Lord. Praise God. Why do we do our declaration? I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. And I thank you, Father, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God.